Hello, everyone, and welcome to the fifth show of The Joy of Entertaining. This one's a fun one because I do have a special guest host with me. I have Joey. Hey, everybody. I'm here today because we have a very special guest that's a puppeteer. That's why we do have a puppeteer with us this evening. We have Eric Thompson of the Puppet Hideaway. Yeah, that's right. And he gave us a little highlight video of this career of the Puppet Hideaway. Let's check it out. Hi, I'm Eric, and when I was young and life would get stressful, I used to escape to a world of make-believe that was filled with imaginary friends. Then I discovered the world of puppetry, and those characters came to life. I learned how to use a sewing machine and started making my own first puppets. Before I knew it, I had a bunch of puppet characters, and I was putting on shows first for family and friends, and then all around my community. In college, I worked for a television station, and I developed a puppet character for a local TV show whose name was Foxford. Hey, hello, everybody! Hey, Foxford! Recently, I developed this place, The Puppet Hideaway, where I could share my craft and my love for puppets with everyone through social media. Oh boy, Eric, I think that is terrific. And I sure hope that your videos can make people laugh and even inspire them to follow their dreams. I do too. So go ahead and follow us and keep watching right here at the Puppet Hideaway. Hey! <laughs> hey, Eric, how you doing? I'm doing well. Nice to see you, uh, Charlie and Joey. You're looking great. Congrats on your first time co-hosting. You're doing a great job. Thank you. <laughs> I was for a few minutes earlier on the previous episode because somebody said my name. Ah, there you go. You, you answered the call. Nice. Yep, I will always answer the call. <laughs> everyone knows you do not say my trigger word. Jazz's uh, trigger word. Because oh. we will go bananas. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> ah, I said it. <laughs> all right, I'll be careful not to say the trigger word. <laughs> so, um... But of time of recording, I'm in the East Coast. Mm -hmm. Eric's only on the West Coast, so thank you so much for waking up nice and early and joining us today. Oh, sure. It's it's my pleasure. So, for those first-time listening to the podcast, I'm going to put Joey um, to, um, down for a little um, snack time. He'll be back mm -hmm. in a little bit. Um, so, uh, for those first-time listeners to this um, podcast... How it works is it's almost like a two-part um, interview. The first part is I ask the guests how they got into entertainment, like why they become an entertainer. Um, and the second part is what inspired them uh, to become an entertainer and, and who they use to look up to with their characters or acting, writing, singing, whatever their uh, specialty is. So Eric, um, I know we saw the video of your little intro. Can you just give us a full more um, detail about um, your life and all that fun stuff? 
Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Uh, I, uh, I love the title of your show, The Joy of Entertaining, because I think when it comes to uh, having jobs and careers, uh, entertaining, it really is a joy. And if you are fortunate enough to be in a role like that, uh, it is, it's a lot of fun and it's great. And so I'm very happy to be able to do it. Uh, yeah. So my, uh, uh, my start into, to puppetry, um, I think definitely I was, uh, inspired by, uh, Jim Henson. Uh, I grew up with Sesame Street, Mr. Rogers neighborhood, uh, and, uh, uh, the Muppet Show was, of course, a, a, a big fan uh, of mine, or I was a big fan of the show. And uh, and then especially, I would say one of the most important influences that kind of got me going was Fraggle Rock. And when I was a teenager or a teen, yeah, um, it was uh, like many people growing up, I had some uh, challenging times and uh I found that Fraggle Rock for me was a wonderful escape. It was, uh, I, I would feel like I was transported into this world where it was all about dancing your cares away, worries are for another day. And uh, uh, I loved it. And so uh, I started to uh, sort of create that world in, in my own life, in my own world. And that's what probably got me uh, started into doing my first puppets. And uh, at the time, there were not a lot of puppets uh, available for purchase and stuff like there are today. So I had to pretty much make my puppets from scratch. And uh, I, my mother showed me how to use a sewing machine. And I got a uh, pattern for some Sesame Street characters from uh, a company, Simplicity Fabrics. And I made my first puppets. And boy, once I started with that sewing machine, I was off to the races. And before I knew it, uh, I had a bunch of puppet characters. And I was doing little shows basically for my friends and family. And then that sort of grew. And I... Uh, doing some for the church that I belong to and then also expanded into doing performances for uh, other church communities also uh, Boy Scouts Girl Scout troops the future farmers of America um, and uh, uh, and whatever other opportunities I could get um, uh, to, to, to perform live performances. And um, so then I would say that I decided, uh, you know, that I really wanted to pursue puppeteering and creating children's television. And uh, like I said, Jim Henson was really my, my inspiration and Mr. Rogers, and I wanted to do something like that. So when uh, I went to college at the University of Texas in Austin, and studied radio, television, and film, and was learning uh, all about how um, how to do television production and, and making shows. And while I was in my studies, uh, I worked for a couple of uh, local TV stations. And uh, when I worked for the Fox affiliate at the time, 
I was interning in their promotions department. Uh, then I ended up later getting hired by them. But I, uh, they had a, a interstitial programming show called Fox Kids Club. And interstitial basically means the shows were uh, uh, 60 seconds long and they went in between the cartoons in the Fox Kids cartoon block. And uh, the show was, was an existing show. But I pitched the idea of, I was thinking that it would be nice for the host to have uh, a puppet co-host, similar to Joey's role on your show. And um, yeah. <laughs> I heard my name. Yeah. Hey, Joey, I was just commenting on how uh, your role is similar to the role of my friend Foxford here. So I, uh, I, designed and created this puppet and um i was really pleased i i pitched it and um ended up going in front of the owner of the television station and he gave it the green light and said yes put that character on the air and so then i was off to the races so i was uh uh doing this this character as part of this uh, local tv show and then because of that uh when i graduated from college I applied for a uh, internship program through the Academy of Television Arts and Sciences, and uh, I, I was awarded it. And so I had an opportunity to go work for NBC in their children's programming department in the summer. And uh, so, yeah, I packed my bags and left Austin, Texas and moved to Hollywood, California. And uh, yeah, and that's what sort of then started my career in the entertainment industry. And I worked at NBC, uh, worked some other places, but uh, like E! Entertainment. But I would say uh, what was really fun for me was then starting with Saban Entertainment. And this was at the time when the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers was just uh, was coming out and was such a big hit. So I got to be part of the whole Power Ranger uh, uh, franchise when, when that was just getting started and was at the height of its popularity. And I found that instead of working on the production side of things, uh, I was actually working in the licensing computer, uh, computer, sorry, the licensing consumer products area, uh, working on all their merchandise. And this was great because a lot of my experience in making and creating puppet characters and plush translated into this area because I would be developing, uh, you know, plush characters and other toys and stuff uh, for these brands, working with top manufacturing companies, you know, the Hasbros and Mattels and Legos of the world. And uh, so that was a terrific experience because uh, it taught me how the, the entertainment, the, the, the bigger picture that goes beyond just the production of a show, but the creation and the development of a whole franchise and uh, a merchandising strategy. I learned all about the, how the retail system works and how you get products sold in and on shelf. And so that experience with the Power Rangers then led me to get my next role that was at Sony Pictures 
entertainment. And that was a very fun opportunity because uh, I got hired and about a year into my job is when uh, we started working on a superhero film called Spider-Man. And this was uh, uh, what 19 and it was at the end of the 90s, right around, I think the film came out 2000. And superhero films were not you know, we're not popular at that point or whatever. We're not the big drivers that they are today. And Spider-Man was like the first one to really like, you know what? We are here. There's been plenty of them in the 90s, but none of them broke that glass ceiling for mainstream movie theaters. And Spider-Man was that one that broke the glass. Yes. For the one for the Marvel multi universe that we have today. Absolutely. Yep. It was the trailblazer. It was the one that, that kicked it all off. Similar to, I would say, how uh, Star Wars kicked off science fiction, um, you know, a couple of decades before in the uh, late 70s, early 80s. And uh, yeah, so, so I would say Star Wars was the kickoff for science fiction. And I would say Spider-Man was the kickoff for superhero films. And so... Uh, so that was terrific. And um, while at Sony Pictures, I uh, worked on, again, the toys, the video games, uh, all of those products for, uh, yeah, Spider-Man, Smurfs, Ghostbusters, a whole slew of products, all of the Sony Picture animation so, um, and projects so, and everything. So Sony Pictures, Columbia Pictures. Yes. Yeah. I know Columbia Pictures are the ones that have the rights to Ghostbusters. Correct. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So Sony Pictures owns a couple of film studios, uh, Columbia Pictures being one of them, TriStar Pictures, um, uh, and, and some various smaller ones as well, uh, Screen Gems and Sony Picture Classics and all these others. But yes, that's uh, that's right. Columbia Pictures is their big one. The reason why I brought the uh, I said that because you know some there's rumors out there that. Universal Studios Florida is getting Ghostbusters again in some form of fashion. So oh, it looks right. like Columbia Pictures had made a deal with Universal again to bring back Ghostbusters. Yeah. So that's gonna be great. That'll be very fun. Uh yeah, and also at Universal uh in Florida is the Men in Black attraction, and that's also uh a, a Sony Pictures or a Columbia Pictures uh uh, franchise. franchise that they own uh and in fact uh the, i worked on a lot of the uh, the merchandise and products and stuff for the store and all of the um uh alien attack merchandise you know that all goes through the consumer products division at sony so uh yeah so i worked there for many many years and then um then i had an opportunity uh at the pokemon company Again, working on Pokemon uh, Go is going off right now. <laughs> That's awesome! I didn't know you played. Yeah, what, what a terrific game that one is, right? Um, and so, uh, so that was a, a, another really fun experience. And uh, uh, then there came a point um, when, during the pandemic, I think was a time when a lot of people were given sort of a moment of self-reflection and to really question 
what are we doing and and where we are in our lives. It was also sort of a turning point for me. I was at a certain part point in my career where I had felt like I had worked on so many other people's projects and franchises and intellectual properties that I really wanted to follow my dream of why I started my career in the first place. And that was to do children's entertainment, to do uh, a, a, a puppet show, you know, I say for kids, but you know, puppets are really for all ages, right? All audiences. Everything, there's so many things out there now that was made for a kid, but everyone loves them. For the week. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Unbelievable how popular Bluey is, right? Yeah, and it's like, it's those you know shows like that and SpongeBob SquarePants. It's those where if you can, you know, make it enjoyable for the adults to watch with their kids or just and Ferb was another one. Yeah, yeah, and all it, ages, and, and they inspire a lot of us. I bet, I bet you got some inspiration from uh, Bluey now mm -hmm. and the educational lives. Mm -hmm. Um, SpongeBob on the jokes. Yeah, yeah, so. absolutely. Uh, yeah. So then, um, I uh, yeah. So I decided to uh, yeah start my own uh, my own entertainment brand, uh, the Puppet Hideaway, and this is a uh, passion project that I have been working on for. Oh, I think we're going on. Uh, we're starting into our fourth year. And uh, it, it's, it's been a, an incredible journey, uh, definitely a, a learning curve as I've had to figure out uh, learning social media and, uh, and then also um, coming up with um, entertainment that is suited to this new age that we live in now. And what I think I, I hope is is the hook that makes the puppet hideaway a little different than your traditional children's entertainment is that I focus on short form video that uh, I, I, I create a show and that show is made up of you know 30 to 31 individual little chapters and those little chapters those episodes go together to make uh, a full show. And so each of those needs to be able to stand alone, but then tie in to the greater narrative. Uh, and so I also had to figure out, it's very diff different when you're filming in the vertical uh, format, the nine by 16 for a, for a mobile device. And so, uh, uh, so that's sort of where I'm, where I've been headed. And, uh, uh, it's it, it, it's it's been a terrific experience and i absolutely love it um and so i'm at the point now where in addition to uh creating the content my goal for this upcoming you know this next year plus is uh is to take it to the next level and um uh and part of that is is to try to get more going on with merchandising i'm in the development of some books based on the shows and um, um, working on some collaborations with puppet manufacturers 
and also um uh and then yeah coming up with some some merchandise opportunities uh so that the so that the fans can uh, connect with their favorite entertainment property uh, in, in a uh, a way that that works best with uh, with merchandise. So, um, yeah. So that's uh, that's kind of where I'm at today, and uh, it's really exciting. I would say it's uh, it's very rewarding when you do have the opportunity to go after something that you wanted to do since you were young and that brings you joy and also to have that uh, creative expression. And also when you work for yourself, it's challenging because you have to do everything yourself and you have to learn everything, uh, which is its own set of challenges, but it's also very rewarding too, because you have the freedom to sort of tell whatever story you want to tell and, and, create whatever characters you want to create. And uh, so, yeah, so that's kind of uh, where I'm at. Um, uh, let's see, I'm trying to think if there's anything else about the Puppet Hideaway I should share. Oh, I. the other thing that I think also makes the Puppet Hideaway a little different than your typical uh, entertainment franchise is that very often you focus on a few core characters. And so uh, using Fraggle Rock as an example, right? You have Gobo, Moki, Wembley, Booper, Red, right? Those are your five and you watch them every episode. What are they up to? Uh, I do have some core characters like, you know, of course our friends Foxford and Meniscus here and there's a few others, but uh, the way I, the, the shows have evolved is I actually do uh, a, a completely different story for every month. And so if you'll, uh, if you visit. With you saying that, you did send me a highlight clip of last year. Yes, so, okay, great, yeah. So real quick, this is a 42 um, second video that cool. you posted on New Year's, New Year's Day, if I'm correct. Yeah. So this is what like he does um, all year. Happy New Year, everyone. Wow, we've had an amazing year. We've learned about the signs of the Zodiac, laughed at Valentine's Day jokes, learned about Black history, took a Puppet World tour, met Bigfoot in the trees, learned about pets, including dinosaurs and dragons, visited many vacation spots, uh, attended a flower show competition, joined in a superhero adventure, and saw aliens on Halloween, a fall talent show, and behind the scenes at the North Pole. We are very thankful for all of our friends and supporters over this past year and are very excited about our new shows in the year ahead. So please keep watching and have fun with all of your friends here at the Puppet Highway. So that's <laughs> a lot. Oh, thank you for sharing here. that. That's so, a lot. Um, yeah, so that, that was perfect. Uh, that very nicely summed up what I was uh, trying to explain there. Um, that that there's a whole sort of different set of characters for each show. Uh, and, and I would say even the content is quite different. Some of them are a little more educational based, uh, whether it's discussing, for example, the reptile roundup, it was learning all about different reptiles. Uh, when there's the puppet world tour, it's a geography lessons. 
when it's black history stories, it's, you know, focus on uh, uh, history. And uh, then sometimes, and, and uh, the uh, My Pet Dinosaur, you know, to focus on, on uh, choosing, the, you know, uh, making choices about pets and taking care of pets and what to do if you, you know, if you lose a pet, how do you, how do you find a pet? Um, and then some are just more fun. Like uh, this month, our story is uh, The Little Merman. And that's uh, sometimes I like to take a classic story and uh, sort of flip it. So uh, in this case, instead of uh, the mermaid wanting to become, uh, you know, part of the, the world above, this one is the story of a pirate who dreams of, he's in love with the ocean and dreams of living, uh, you know, uh, uh, under the sea, part of part of the, her world. And uh, I did that again a, a couple of years ago when I did a, a, a switch on the Cinderella story. And instead of the prince having the ball with all the ladies to, to find the lady he wants to, to date, uh, in this case, it's a princess and she wants to, to date boys. So there is a, uh, a big ball and she and all the boys in town are invited. Uh, and instead of the glass slipper being left behind is the clue. This time it's uh, it's a kid's tennis shoe. And <laughs> she has to use that to, to find her true love. Uh, so it's uh, it's nice. There's a, there's a lot of variety in that. Um, and uh so yeah, some stories have maybe a little bit more of a morality kind of tale, and some are just sort of more educational, and some are just funny. Um, sometimes it's just a collection of jokes. The Valentine's Day one is just a bunch of uh, little uh, puns and stuff about different characters uh, with a Valentine's Day theme, and uh, uh, yeah. So that's uh, that's sort of the focus on those shows, and uh, yeah, it's been a a terrific experience and I'm very excited and I appreciate getting the opportunity to be able to talk about it here on your, uh, on your podcast. This is fun. Yeah. Like I said, it's all about supporting each other. Like it was named down the mascot support group podcast, supporting performers, mascot performers. This one is supporting entertainers, all forms of entertainment. And like when we, I'm going to back a little bit, like what, why why did you want to become an entertainer why did you want to become a puppeteer like what was the um what was that thing that was like i'm going to be an entertainer uh that's a good question i would say part of it uh if i can go back to another one of my stories was uh the fall challenge show and this is a story that is very close to my heart because uh, I identified with the main character in this story, and that's Brody. And everybody is auditioning for the fall talent show, and they're showing off their talents and the things they do. And uh, the show focuses on what are your talents. And when I was growing up, I really struggled because... I didn't feel I had any talents and I, I I'm terrible at music. I, I can't carry a tune. I can't sing. I don't play instruments. 
music just did not come easily to me. I, I was not good at athletics at all. Uh, I have terrible hand-eye coordination. Uh, I'm just not, yeah, sports and athletics were out and music was out. And uh, I was sort of trying to figure out what is, what is my purpose? What is my talent? What uh, am I good at? And uh, I would say even uh, in high school, I uh, was exploring or working with uh, the drama department and wanting to be like an actor and on stage. And I was terrible at that too. <laughs> I uh, uh, would only get cast in, in very small parts or was working as the backstage crew. Um, and so it wasn't really until I found uh, puppetry as um, something that uh, I did feel I had some talent for. And in the story of the fall talent show, Brody uh, discovers that he has uh, a talent for doing voice work and he can do uh, impressions of different people. And um, I think for me, that's what kind of just led me into uh, the career path I chose because uh, uh, it was something that, yes, I enjoyed. I got a lot of joy from it. And I did think that uh, I had some some talent there that was unusual that not other people necessarily did. And, and there is definitely a talent to puppetry. Uh, I think puppetry is great because anyone can do it, but it's um, uh, but there is a skill to it and to do it very well, uh, it does take a lot of um, practice training and um, skill. So that's that's how I think uh, I got into uh, into entertaining and uh, and also I, I it is a it's just a wonderful feel good feeling when you can uh, brighten people's day, hopefully uh, make you know people feel better. Uh, I think of the fact that. Fraggle Rock helped me so much when I was a kid uh, that I kind of wanted to be able to do the same thing for uh, for kids today. And so um, that is another big driver in me wanting to uh, to be an entertainer. Now, let's talk about, you've given saying Fraggle Rock, you're talking about, talking about Smurfs. Let's talk about the, the, the nostalgia of, of all, all of this. Um, why we you became and like what made you be like eh, why can't i speak right now on, on like what made you like joy when you were younger and now and it becoming your inspiration like fraggle rock mm -hmm. i wanted to be junior so freaking bad like <laughs> i would love to perform as junior like i thought that was such be such a fun character to perform as and seeing yeah. all the behind-the-scenes stuff from the re return to the walk from those guys, I'm like, that is amazing. Like that character work, the the, the suit, the animatronics, it's like that'd be I fun. I totally see that because uh, Junior really is. He's a mascot character, isn't he? Yep. He's a um. He's a student 
uh, uh, you can call it a mascot character or you can call it a suited character because it's a suit. He has oh. the head on and it's the animatronics, the, mm -hmm. uh, all the moving parts to make him talk, to make him move, the action. Oh, um, I guess I didn't know that I didn't know there was the, I didn't know the difference between a suited character and a mascot character. That's how I was looking at it. Like make it a little bit um mascots like it's for like sports teams. Uh, okay. 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 So um as an actor, you are wearing a costume. Mm. So that's a costume character. So yeah, I see. So I'll make it easy because we have the puppets. Everyone think of puppets like like Joey, um, puppets. When you see mascots, you just see them doing what uh, they do. Okay, okay, yes. Um when you think of you going to see a Broadway show, um seeing something on TV, uh, those are characters. So when, when you when you go to um theme like theme parks restaurants places they'll call them costume characters right right okay um, yeah I, I I guess uh in the puppetry world yes that would be the difference between a marionette which is the string puppets or a hand puppet or the hand and glove which is where your you know your hand works the puppeteer's hand or the puppet's hand and uh and then full body costumes too those are you know another name that we would give to like a junior gore character right. um, and, the thing, and the thing is um where i work if you know you know they are puppeteering at the same time mm. So, mm. oh okay they, they are costume characters so yes. and they're their mouths are moving with the, the song. Right. So yes, yes. So they are um puppeteering. Yeah. At the same time. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's really cool. Um yes, but anyway, so you so so I, I, your question about the nostalgia and what nostalgia of like yeah. rock. I would say um yeah, well but I would say before there was the puppets. I would say my earliest nostalgic thing was I'm of the age where I knew life before Star Wars. And so when Star Wars came out, I was the perfect age. I, I think I was about seven years old at the time. Uh, yeah, six or seven. And I, that, that film just changed my world. It was so exciting and it was such a wonderful thing to be a part of such a huge global phenomenon that everyone every friend everyone i knew everyone loved star wars star wars was it and then star wars led to all my other favorite when i was growing up i was a fan of battlestar galactica and buck rogers the disney's the black hole um all of those, the, the dawning of the science, the sci-fi age. Uh, and that to me is, is I, I just remember the, the excitement and the joy and the, the 
how it sparks your imagination. And, uh, you know, and then it was, it, it was so ingrained in all parts of my, uh, my childhood because I had, um, you know, the bedroom with the sheets and the curtains and the, everything was Star Wars and all my toys were Star Wars. And, you know, when I was playing with my friends, we, everything we played with was sci-fi star, Star Wars, Star uh, Trek. I forgot about Star Trek. That was another big track. I'll say you said that Star Wars and all that. Think of that '70s show. Remember that '70s yeah. show, the episode yeah. where Eric they, they go see Star Wars for the first time, and they're all like, "Yes, yes, we're gonna see that again. We're gonna that see that again." Like, uh, was me. And then, uh, so then I would say, so the so the, there was a the science fiction sort of kickoff start. Then definitely the 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 puppets, the the, the Muppet Show, the Fraggles. That was my other world. Then there was the the, the world of, of the puppets, and uh, you know I, I I was a big big fan of that. Uh, uh, big big world was another one uh, that I loved. Bear in the Big Blue House. Uh, lots of really wonderful um, you know puppet shows. Sesame Street I mentioned before. Mr. Bond. Yeah, like, if, if, I always tell people this: if it wasn't for Jim Hansen. There'd be no Sesame Street. There'll be no Muppets. Like people don't real maybe may not realize Sesame Street's been on for 50 54 years. And Comet the Frog was originally a Sesame Street character. Mm-hmm. That's so, right. Yes. So without yeah. all that stuff, without without Comet, there'll be no big bird. There'll be no Elmo. <laughs> like, it would not be, uh, yeah, maybe it's not for Yes. But if if it wasn't for him and his team, and that that team back then, we would not have what we have today. And the first characters that Sesame has included, inclusively, throughout the last few years. Yes. So. Yes. And. Uh, and then I would say, uh, then the, the, the next period, I guess I would say for my nostalgia, entertainment, the things that bring me joy was uh, the what I would call the superhero era. And working on the Power Rangers was so much fun. And I'm still a Power Ranger fan to this day. I love it. There is something about uh, the Zords transforming into the Megazord, and it's got sort of that Godzilla feel to it, where you've got the the robot character stomping around a little <laughs> a little city. Uh, uh, I get a kick out of that and a thrill from that. And then, of course, uh, all of the the DC and Marvel superhero movies and stuff. I've been a fan uh, of all of those. I think they're they're really terrific. Um, I also really love a lot of the the, the messaging about being uh, being a hero, uh, and I think you'll see that reflected in in some of the shows I've worked on. Uh, let's see, last month was Robots in Space. That was my first time doing a science fiction show uh, done with with puppet characters and the interaction of the relationship between different robots. And then uh, last year I had Be a Hero, which was a superhero show. Uh, and it was uh, it was a nice tie-in because it was the superheroes trying to combat 
negativity and haters uh, on the internet. And it was, uh, it ended with how we can all be social media heroes and how you can help make the internet a happier, better place and you can be your own hero. So um, I would say that that's the other thing that's really beautiful about being a creator at the Puppet Hideaway is all these nostalgic properties and things that I grew up with that brought me so much joy uh, I get to now put that into in, into my perspective and my world that's a world of puppetry and the puppet hideaway. And that's been a real thrill for me. And, and another thing you were telling me uh, a few days ago that you did some stuff in the UK. Uh, yes, yes. And, uh, that's, well, and yeah. the thing is, you said there's a big difference between puppetry in the UK and here in the States. So for, with our UK listeners, um hello and thank you for um listening um can you tell us what that was like well, the uk um puppeteering over the us i would say that, that puppeteering in the uk uh are, puppets have much more a bigger history uh in europe and they're much more accepted it's part of their culture and i think one of the things that we were talking about jim henson and uh the Muppets was the fact that he tried to get the show, uh, you know, made here in America. And he went to all three of the major networks and could not, none of them would take it. None of them thought puppets were a good idea. And so he actually went to the UK and that's how the Muppet show um, was got made. It was a, it was a British uh, production. And I would say uh, the other thing that, uh, uh, with being growing up in the UK and fostering my my start into puppetry was the fact that um, uh, there wasn't a lot of TV out there. There was, when, when I was living in the UK, there was BBC One, ITV, and BBC Two was on for like half a day and Channel Four didn't come out until later on. So very little television very little children's television and we didn't have all the stuff that was on demand so i felt like uh when i was growing up you really sort of had to entertain yourself whether and 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 of course it was before video games uh you know the atari 2600 came out uh, at some point while i was over there but for the most part yeah it, for me it was it was playing with toys and action figures and building and playing and performing uh, puppets, um, you know, uh, I mean, Punch and Judy and those characters, I mean, that's all part of, of, of you know, European uh, uh, lore and uh, or European heritage. And uh, so, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, that was a great experience. Um, also, you know, we've been, we've been talking a lot about Fraggle Rock, but I didn't realize when I was a kid <laughs> watching Fraggle Rock that I was watching a different show than they watched in America, because in England, uh, the scenes of the outside world, it was uh, it was a lighthouse keeper. And it was a, a, a the, the character that we know is Doc was a Scottish uh, lighthouse keeper with his dog Sprocket. And I remember it being so surprising to me when I found out that uh, 
in America, they had a whole different, you know, Fraggle Rock was different. And that show was great. They, uh, I believe that in Germany, he was a scientist. And in France, um, the character was a chef in a kitchen. And I thought that was a uh, uh, very, very clever, really neat so they way. Went, they went with um, that country's or territories. Each yes. and every day. Specific <laughs> and cultural for that territory. Yes. Uh, okay. I thought that was really terrific. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, um, yeah, I appreciate it. It was, it was fun growing up in the UK. Uh, it was also a little weird though, as a kid, because for all those years, I was the American living in England. And then when I moved back to the States into Texas, I had a British accent and everyone thought I was the foreigner. I was the Brit. And I'm like, no, no, I'm American. But it didn't help because I did not have a, uh, a Texas accent. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, always felt a little bit like a fish out of water, but, uh, it brought me, uh, to where I am today and who I am today. And so it was, uh, I guess it all worked out in the end. And, and another thing you talked about, I mean, we talked about this on you and me a few days ago. I want to talk about it here on the podcast. Okay. Your internship with NBC. Mm -hmm. Your time doing Say by the Bell. Your time <laughs> doing all of those um, those kids Saturday morning shows. That's and right. Think, and the thing that you made me laugh was the, the um, stories of the divas. <laughs> the, the, the Hollywood divas <laughs> kind of thing. Like, um, if it's true, like, are they really like that in real life, or are they um, and, yes. and this one, I'm going to apologize now in advance. Zach Morris, we are sorry. Oh, Please man. explain that. Like, yeah, um, uh, sure. Like, working with, um, Absolutely. Justin Diamond and. Yes. So there was a, 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 I was a production assistant on a, a show called Brains and Bronze. And it was sort of a, a, a competition show with the different cast members from the different shows. So Saved by the Bell, California Dreams. Um, there were some other shows that were involved in it. And uh, I was I was new to uh, out the LA area. And I was told that Mark Paul Gosseler, he did not want, he, 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 couldn't have any of the beverages or whatever on the craft services car. He needed ultra fuel fruit punch, which was, uh, I found out was a health food drink. And so there I am is the, is the, the PA driving all over, trying to find this drink and going to grocery. First I had to find these grocery stores and then I would go to them and nobody had heard of this drink. And then I found out that you had to go to a whole foods or a, you know, a specialty store to get it. Finally, uh, tracked down the store, found this product, got it, and was so excited, took it to this trailer, and uh, I said, uh, you know, hey, Mark Paul Gosseler, I got, I got your Ultra Fuel Fruit Punch, and boy, I was so excited because I had worked so hard and I had done this, and his only response to me was, are you going to bring me a cup and some ice? <laughs> I <was> like... <laughs> No, thank you. No appreciation. No, nothing. Just uh, where's the ice? 
And I thought that was sort of my first little taste into uh, uh, how Hollywood is. I, he didn't mean anything by it. He was, you know, uh, and he had no idea that I had been driving all over town trying to figure out how to get this stuff. But uh, it was cute. Um, but uh, yeah, but my experiences working in the entertainment industry have uh, 99% been positive. Uh, it's... Uh, uh, I think, again, it's the joy of entertaining. And I think for most people, they're thankful to be working and happy to be doing what they love. And it's usually a good feeling. And for the yes. record, um, <laughs> I like your disclaimer. You are not a diva. You love your work. It's just a Hollywood story of a Hollywood celebrity yes. um, asking what they need to go on with their, um, their days. Because We've all heard the stories about green rooms of celebrities like, I only want the green green M&M's. It has to be um, Perrier. It cannot be anything else. It has yeah. to be yeah. um, blue blue Raz um, bang energy drinks. It has to be. So we, we've heard we've heard these stories. And to hear an actual one from someone that experienced oh, yeah. it, <laughs> that is... It's fun. It's a, it's a sweet Welcome to Hollywood story. Oh, yeah. right. It's like, um, I'm not going to call this person a a diva or anything like that. Um, I work with um new uh, independent wrestling, mm -hmm. and we had before he went into WWE, we had Austin Theory uh, as one of our main eventers, and we had he he was just getting off the plane, and and we had to find. The, the the blue raspberry bang mm -hmm. energy drink. He was requesting it because he was doing a red eye. I mean, he was oh um, yes coming from the airport. Very tired. And like there was a gas station next to it, we couldn't find it. We had to go to find another Seven Eleven to get this drink for him to make sure he had his energy for the show. <laughs> so with all through love, Austin Theory, I love you. I loved working with you. Um, <laughs> you're amazing. So. But, yeah, but it can be stressful, right? When you're trying to find something that's hard to find and you know that you've got a VIP waiting for it, it's, uh, yeah. You're one of your main advantages, and now he's a big name in the WWE. So to see him um, grow, I am so proud of him. I'm mm -hmm. so proud to see where he is now. Yes, you can boo him because of his character right now, but <laughs> if, if anyone's the awesome theory in the streets, his physique that's him there's no there's it's all natural like nothing like bad in him like when i talked to him he was like wow but like i said these are just fun stories about yes um well if, if you think about getting into the entertainment field you're going to you should be prepared for that stuff right right so, you never know what they may ask <laughs> exactly. And then and and in the business they call it the winning. I think it's saying it correctly. The winning or the letter, whatever that says, no. everything that we call that 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 celebrity or that person asking for. Ah yes, yes. So, I, I I understand that that's uh that happens whenever you interview uh, uh a Sesame Street character. They have a whole list of uh certain things you can and cannot ask the puppets and or, or the characters and uh yeah and there's a whole set of rules of how you talk to to muppets and stuff 
All right. Hey. Yeah, I'm back. I'm going to say hi to Foxford. Hey, Fox. Did you say you want to say hi to Foxford? Yes. Foxford. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, I hey. think it'd be a great way to end the episode. <laughs> hi, Foxford. Hey. Oh, it is so nice to see another co-star. Hey, or a co-host. Yeah. You're doing a great job, Joey. Please keep it up. Yeah. We uh, we got a lot of hard work to do, and uh, you're doing a great job. So congratulations. Yeah, it's so nice to be a uh, part of this. And we, we've had a lot of fun here on this podcast, haven't we? That's right, Eric. We sure have. And uh, we look forward to, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, you guys, if you uh, enjoy puppetry be sure to um yeah watch our stuff we post every single day on all of our social media channels you can find us at the puppet hideaway at the puppet hideaway.com and the puppet hideaway on youtube instagram tiktok facebook clapper um am i forgetting any of them i think that's it <laughs> uh good job that was a great little promotion foxford uh, <laughs> i can tell you've had some experience doing this <laughs> yeah and like I am still learning how to make it work so good. I'm still like, meh, meh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're doing good, Joey. He's doing a wonderful job. Yeah. So. so with that being said, I want to thank Eric and all his friends at Puppet Hideaway. Make sure you follow them on Instagram. YouTube and all their social medias. And yes. Follow the joy of entertaining on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, known as X, at the joy of entertaining. <laughs> and you always see me acting so crazy. I don't know why I act so crazy. I have too much energy. And my friend at Redcon 1. It gives me so much energy. You can get the same energy at redcon1.com and use the code Mascot Dude and you get 20% off. Good to know. So, with that said, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Eric, thank you so much. I hope you had a blast. And. Can't wait to see what you have coming up very soon. With that being said, guys, have a wonderful good night, evening, day, whatever time it is you're listening to this um, podcast. If there's anyone you love me to try to interview, please let me know. And there's one person I'm trying to get. Um, Hopefully it will work. We will see. Have a good evening. Good night. All right. Goodbye. Bye-bye.